1. The Tingian Social, Religious, and Economic Life of a Philippine Tribe by Faye Cooper Cole Introduction It seems desirable, at the outset, to set forth certain general conclusions regarding the Tingian and their neighbors. Probably no pagan tribe of the Philippines has received more frequent notice in literature, or has been the subject of more theories regarding its origin, despite the fact that information concerning it has been exceedingly scanty and careful observations on the language and physical types have been totally lacking. According to various writers, these people are descended from Chinese, Japanese, or Arabs, are typical Malay, are identical with the Igro, are Pacific, hospitable, and industrious, are inveterate headhunters, inhospitable, lazy, and dirty. The detailed discussion of these assertions will follow later in the volume. But at this point I wish to state briefly the racial and cultural situation, as I believe it to exist in northwestern Luzon. I am under the impression that at one time this whole region was inhabited by pygmy blacks, known as Ita or Negrito, small groups of whom still retain their identity. With the coming of an alien people they were pressed back from the coasts to the less hospitable regions of the interior, where they were, for the most part, exterminated but they intermarried with the invaders to such an extent that today there is no tribe or group in northwestern Luzon but shows evidence of intermixture with them. I believe that the newcomers were drawn from the so-called primitive Malay peoples of southeastern Asia, that in their movement eastward and northward they met with and absorbed remnants of an earlier migration made up of a people closely related to the Polynesians, and that the results of this intermixture are still evident, not only in Luzon, but in every part of the archipelago. In northern Luzon, I hold, we find evidences of at least two series of waves and periods of migration, the members of which are similar physical type and language. It appears, however, that they came from somewhat different localities of southeastern Asia and had, in their old homes, developed social organizations and other elements of culture radically different from one another institutions and groupings which they brought with them to the Philippines, and which they have maintained up to the present time. To the first series belong the Igra with their institutions of trial marriage, division of their settlements into social and political units known as auto, separate dormitories for unmarried men and women, government by the federated divisions of the villages represented by the old men, and a peculiar, and characteristic type of dwelling. In the second wave series we find the Apollo, the western division at least of the people known as Kalinga, the Tengian, and Ilocano. In none of these groups do we find the institutions just mentioned. Trial unions are unknown, and marriage restrictions are based solely on blood relationship. Government is through the headman aided by the elders of his village, or is a pure democracy. Considerable variation exists between the dwellings of these four peoples, yet they conform to a general type which is radically different from that of the Igro, the Apollo and Kalinga divisions of this second wave series, by reason of their environment their more isolated localities and consequent lack of frequent communication with the coast, have a simpler culture than that of the Tingian, yet they have, during many generations, developed certain traits and institutions now apparently peculiar to them. The Tingian and Ilocano, on the other hand, have had the advantages of outside communication of extensive trade, and the admixture of a certain amount of foreign blood. These last two groups evidently left their ancient home as a unit, at a time prior to the Hindu domination of Java and Sumatra, but probably not until the influence of that civilization had begun to make itself felt. Traces of Indian culture are still to be found in the language, folklore, religion, and economic life of this people.
while the native script which the Spanish found in use among the Ilocano seems, without doubt, to owe its origin to that source. After reaching Luzon, this people slowly broke up into groups which spread out over the provinces of Ilocos Sur and Norte, Union and Abra. The partial isolation of some of these divisions, local feuds, the universal custom of head-hunting, and the need of human victims to accompany the spirits of the dead, all doubtless aided in separating the tribe into a number of dialect groups, groups which nevertheless retained the old culture to a surprising degree. Long before the arrival of the Spanish, Chinese and Japanese traders were visiting the Ilocos coasts. We are also informed that merchants from Macau and India went there from time to time, while trade relations with Pangasinan and the Tagalog provinces were well developed. The leavening influence of trade and contact with other peoples resulted in such advancement that this people was early mentioned as one of the six civilized tribes of the Philippines. Upon the arrival of Salcedo, the greater portion of the coast people accepted the rule of Spain and the Christian religion, while the more conservative element retired to the interior, and there became merged with the mountain people. To the Spaniards, the Christianized natives became known as Ilocano while the people of the mountain valleys were called Tengen, or mountain dwellers, if the foregoing sketch is correct, as I believe the data which follow prove it to be, we find in the Tengen of today a people living much the same sort of life as did the members of the more advanced groups at the time of the Spanish invasion, and we can study in them early Philippine society stripped of its European veneer. This second and concluding section of Volume XIV gives the greater part of the results of an investigation carried on by me with the assistance of Mrs. Cole among the Tengen, from January, 1907, to June, 1908, the funds for which were a furnished Field Museum of Natural History by the late Robert F. Cummings, the further generosity of Mrs. Cummings, in contributing a fund toward the printing of this publication is also gratefully acknowledged. A collection of texts and a study of the language are contemplated for a separate volume, as is also the detailed treatment of the anthropometric data. For the transcription of the phonograph records and the chapter on music, I am indebted to Mr. Albert Gale. His painstaking analysis establishes beyond question the value of the phonograph as an aid in ethnographic research. The photographs, unless otherwise noted, were taken by the author in the field. Chapter I Geographical Relations and History The Tingian are a pagan Philippine people who inhabit chiefly the mountain province of Abra in northwestern Luzon. From this center their settlements radiate in all directions, to the north and west. They extend into Ilocos Sur and Norte as far as Cabantlauran, Minabo. On the south, is their last settlement, but Barat, Amshuagan, Gayaman, and Luluna are Tingian mixed with Idra from Aguila and Sagadot. Villaviciosa is an Idro settlement from Sagada, but Pililizing, still farther south, is predominantly Tingian. Saidae in Amborean is said to be made up of emigrants from Abra, while a few rancherias in Lepanto are likewise much influenced. The non-Christian population of Ilocos Sur, south of Vigan, is commonly called Tingian, but only seven villages are properly so classed, for others are inhabited by a mixed population while the balance are Idro colonies from Titipan, Sagadot, and Fidlizan, along the Cordillera Central, from the headwaters of the Salton Malakbot River as far south as Dilatok, is found a population of mixed Indian, Kalinga, and Idro blood. Kalinga predominates north of Palbalasan and along the Gobang River, while the Idro is dominant in Dinaan, Ludwigan, and Dilatok. Tingian intermarriage has not extended far beyond Palbalasan. 
but their culture and dress have affected the whole region. From this belt there have been extensive migrations into Abra, the newcomers for the most part marrying with the Tengian. But in the Ikmen River Valley emigrants from Balatok formed the towns of Danok, Andi, and Dioleongan, which have remained quite isolated up to the present time. Agzimau and other towns of the Tainuk group, in the extreme northern end of Abra, are made up chiefly of a Pau mixed with Kalinga, while all the villages on the headwaters of the Binongan have received emigrants from the Kagayan side. The population of the towns properly classed as Tingian is approximately 20,000 individuals. From the foregoing it is seen that, with the exception of a few villages of mixed descent, all their territory lies on the western side of the Cordillera Central, the great mountain range which runs from north to south through northern Luzon, as one emerges from the jungle, which covers the eastern slopes of these mountains, and looks down over the province of Abra, he sees an exceedingly broken land plates I and I, I. the subordinate ranges succeeding one another like the waves of the sea. The first impression is one of barrenness. The forest vanishes, and in its place are long grassy slopes, broken here and there by scattered pines and lower down by dense growths of the graceful, feathery bamboo. But this lack of trees is more fancied than real, for as one proceeds down any of the valleys he meets with side canyons, where the tropical jungle still holds sway, while many a mountainside is covered with a dense undergrowth of shrubs, plants, and vines. It seems probable that the forest once covered the western slopes of the mountains, but accident and intention on the part of man has cleared broad sections. As soon as the shade is removed, the land is invaded by a coarse grass the cogone, and this is burned over each year in order to provide feed for the stock and to make good hunting grounds. The young trees are killed off and reforesting prevented. Numerous streams plunge from the high mountains toward the coast. In places they rush through deep gorges between high mountains. Again they pass peacefully through mountain valleys. Everywhere they are fed by minor streams and waterfalls until at last, as they emerge into the broader valleys of the Abra and its tributaries, they are rivers of respectable size. The great central valley of Abra is far from being a level plain. In places, as about Manabo, Bukani, and Bangud, there are stretches of level land, but, for the most part, the country is rough and broken. This valley is cut off from the sea by the coast range of mountains which forms the provincial line between Abra and Ilocos Sur, while another heavy spur forms the northern limits of Abra from Ilocos Sur to the Cordillera Central. Two small and rather difficult passes afford entrance from the coastal plain into the valley, but the chief avenue of communication is the cut through which the Abra River reaches the sea. So narrow is this entrance that, at high water, the river completely covers the floor and often raises its waters 10 or 15 feet up the canyon side. In recent years a road has been cut in the rocks above the flood waters. But even today most of the traffic between Abra and the coast is carried on by means of rafts which are pulled up the river. The rainfall averages about 100 inches, and most of this precipitation takes place between May and the end of September. This, coupled with the lack of forest, causes the rivers to become rushing torrents during the rainy season, while during the balance of the year most of them are mere rivulets. Under these conditions there has been no development of navigation by the mountaineers. On occasion they may construct a bamboo raft, but they possess no boats of any description. The great fluctuation of the streams makes fishing an uncertain occupation, yet at least a dozen varieties of fish are known, and enough are taken to add materially to the food supply. Deer and pig are fairly abundant and a considerable number is killed each year, 
wild carabao roam the mountainsides and in inhabited valleys, but they are dangerous animals, and can seldom be taken with the primitive weapons of the natives, wild chickens are plentiful, and many are snared, together with smaller birds, in fact, there is sufficient game and fish to support a considerable population, if the people would turn seriously to their capture, so that the oft-repeated statement that the mountaineers of Abra were forced to agriculture is not entirely accurate, it seems much more probable that, at the time of their entrance into the interior valleys, the Tingian were already acquainted with terraced hillside fields, and that they developed them as needed, the soil is fairly fertile, the rainfall abundant during the growing season, and the climate warm enough to ensure good crops. The thermometer ranges between 80 degrees and 85 degrees during the day, but there is generally a land or sea breeze, so that actual discomfort from the heat is unusual. The nights are somewhat cooler, but a drop of a few degrees is felt so keenly that a person may be uncomfortable at 70 degrees. Fogs and cold rains are not uncommon during the wet season, while one or more typhoons can be expected each year. Earthquakes are likewise of occasional occurrence but the construction of the houses is such that storms and earthquakes do much less damage than along the coast. There is no doubt that the natural ruggedness of the country and the long rainy season have had a strong influence on the people, but this has been chiefly in isolating them in small groups. The high mountains separating the narrow valleys, the lack of water transportation, the difficulty of maintaining trails, have all tended to keep the people in small communities while the practice of head-hunting has likewise raised a barrier to free communication. Thus, the settlements within a limited area have become self-sustaining groups, a condition which has existed long enough to allow for the development of five dialects. The traditions of the Tingian furnish us with no stories of an earlier home than Luzon, but there are many accounts of migrations from the coast back into the mountains, after the arrival of the Spaniards and the Christianization of the Ilocano. The fact that there is an historical background for these tales is amply proven by fragments of pottery and the like, which the writer has recovered from the reported sites of ancient settlements. The part played by this people in Philippine history is small indeed, and most of the references to them have been of an incidental nature. Apparently, they first came in contact with the Spanish in 1572 when Salcedo was entrusted with the task of subduing that part of Luzon now known as the Ilocano provinces. The people he encountered are described as being more barbarous than the Tagalog, not so light-complexioned, nor so well-clad, but husbandmen who possessed large fields, and whose land abounded in rice and cotton. Their villages were of considerable size, and each was ruled over by a local headman who owed allegiance to no central authority. There was a uniform, well-recognized code of law or custom and a considerable part of the population could read and write in a native script similar to that of the Tagalog. They also possessed gold, which was reported to have come from rich mines in the interior, and on primitive forges were turning out excellent steel weapons, but the use of firearms was unknown. According to Reyes, their weapons consisted of lances, bows and arrows, bolos, great shields which protected them from head to foot, blow guns and poisoned arrows. The newcomers also found a flourishing trade being carried on with Manila and the settlements in Pangasinan, as well as with the Chinese. This trade was of such importance that, as early as 1580 pirate fleets from Japan frequently scoured the coast in search of Chinese vessels and goods, while from time to time Japanese traders visited the Ilocos ports. Apparently trade relations were not interrupted for a considerable time after the arrival of the Spaniards 
for in 1629 Medina states that ships from China, Macau, and India are accustomed to anchor in these ports and all to the advantage of this district, that pre-Spanish trade was not restricted to the Ilocos provinces, but was active along the whole northern coast of Luzon has been amply proved by many writers. In fact, the inhabitants of Pangosima not only had trade relations with Borneo, Japan, and China, but it now seems probable that they can be identified as the Pinkeishi land who, as early as 1406, sent an embassy to China with gifts of horses, silver, and other objects for the Emperor Yunlo. Trade relations of an even earlier date are evident throughout all this area, in the presence far in the interior of Chinese pottery of the 14th century and possibly of the 10th, with friendly relations so long established. It is to be expected that many evidences of Chinese material culture would be found in all the northern provinces, and it is not unlikely that a considerable amount of Chinese blood may have been introduced into the population in ancient times, as it has been during the historic period. It does not seem probable, however that either the influence of Chinese blood or culture need have been stronger in the Ilocos provinces than in the other regions which they visited, when Salcedo attempted a landing at Vigan. He was at first opposed, but the superior weapons of the Spaniards quickly overcame all resistance, and the invaders took possession of the city, which they rechristened Fernandino. From this center they carried on an energetic campaign of reduction and Christianization. As fast as the natives accepted the rule of Spain, they were baptized and taken into the church, and so rapid was the process that by 1587 the Ilocano were reported to be Christianized. In fact, force played such a part that Fray Martin de Herada, who wrote from Ilocos in June, 1574, protested that the reduction was accomplished through fear, for if the people remained in their villages and received the rule of Spain and the church, they were accepted as friends and forthwith compelled to pay tribute, but if they resisted and fled to other settlements, the troops followed and pillaged and laid waste their new dwellings, paralleling the coast, a few miles inland is a range of mountains on the far side of which lie the broad valleys of the Abra River and its tributaries. The more conservative elements of the population retreated to the mountain valleys, and from these secure retreats bade defiance to the newcomers and their religion. To these mountaineers was applied the name Tingyons a term at first used to designate the mountain dwellers throughout the islands, but later usually restricted to his tribe. The Tingyan themselves do not use or know the appellation, but call themselves Itnig a name which should be used for them but for the fact that they are already established in literature under the former term. Although they were in constant feuds among themselves, the mountain people do not appear to have given the newcomers much trouble until toward the end of the 16th century, when hostile raids against the coast settlements became rather frequent, to protect the Christianized natives, as well as to aid in the conversion of these heathens, the Spanish, in 1598 entered the valley of the Abra and established a garrison at the village of Bangud. As before, the natives abandoned their homes and retreated several miles farther up the river, where they established the settlement of Lagunilang. From Bangud as a center, the Augustinian friars worked tirelessly to convert the pagans, but with so little success that San Antonio, writing in 1738, says of the Tingian, that little fruit was obtained, despite extensive missions and that although he had made extraordinary efforts, he had even failed to learn their number. In the mountains of Ilocos Sur, the missionaries met with somewhat better success, 
and in 1704 Olardi states that in the two preceding years 156 infidel Timbians had been converted and baptized, again, in 1760. 454 converts are reported to have been formed into the villages of Santiago, Magsingal, and Budic. About this time the work in Abra also took on a more favorable aspect, by 1753 three Tingian villages, with a combined population of more than 1,000, had been established near Bangud, and in the next century five more settlements were added to this list. In general the relations between the pagan and Christianized natives were not cordial and oftentimes they were openly hostile, but despite mutual distrust the coast people have on several occasions enlisted the aid of the mountaineers against outside enemies. In 1660 a serious revolt occurred in Bangaziman and Zambales, and the rebels, after gaining control of these provinces, started on a looting expedition in the northern districts. In the face of strong resistance they proceeded as far north as Badok, in Ilocos Sur burning and pillaging many villages including the capital city of Vigan Fernandino. The Tingian came to the aid of the hard-pressed Ilocano, and their combined forces fell upon the enemy just outside the village of Nurbakan. The tribesmen had previously made the road almost impassable by planting it thickly with sharpened sticks, and, while the invaders were endeavoring to remove these obstacles, they set upon them with great fury and, it is said, succeeded in killing more than 400 of the Zambal a part of whom they beheaded, as Spanish rule was extended into the Tangian territory. Ilocano settlers pressed in and acquired holdings of land. This led to many bitter disputes which were consistently settled in favor of the converts, but at the same time many inducements were offered the pagans to get them into the Christianized village. All converts were to be exempted from paying tribute, while their villages received many favors withheld from the pagan settlements, this failing to bring the desired results. All the nearby villages of the Tingian were incorporated with the civilized pueblos, and thereafter they had to furnish the major part of all taxes and most of the forced labor. Following the appointment of Governor Esteban de Penarubia in 1868, the tribesmen suffered still greater hardships. Under his orders all those who refused baptism were to be expelled from the organized communities, an edict which meant virtual banishment from their old homes and confiscation of their property. Further. No Tingian in native dress was to be allowed to enter the towns. Conversions increased with amazing rapidity. But when it was learned that many of the new converts still practiced their old customs, the governor had the apostates seized and imprisoned. The hostile attitude of Penarubia encouraged adventurers from the coast in the seizure of lands and the exploitation of the pagans, and thus a deep resentment was added to the dislike the Tingian already held for the Christians. Yet, despite the many causes for hostility, Steady trade relations have been maintained between the two groups, and the influence of the Ilocano has been increasingly strong. A little more than a half century ago had hunting was still common even in the valley of Abra, where it is now practically unknown. As a matter of dire necessity the mountain people made raids of reprisal against the hostile Igra villages on the eastern side of the great mountain range, and it is still the proud boast of many a man in the vicinity of Minabo that he took part in the raid which netted that village a score of heads from the towns of Blatok and Ludwigan. But, as will be seen later, had hunting was by no means limited to forays against other tribes, local feuds, funeral observances, and the desire for renown, all encouraged the warriors to seek heads even from nearby settlements. Those incentives have not been entirely removed and an occasional head is still taken in the mountain districts. But the influence of the Ilocano, 
backed by Spanish and American authority, is rapidly making this sport a thing of the past. The rule of Governor Penarubia had so embittered the Tingian against the white man that a considerable number joined the Insurrecto troops to fight against the Spaniards and Americans. These warriors, armed with spears, shields, and head axes, made their way to Malolos, where they joined the Filipino troops the day of the first American bombardment. The booming of cannon and the bursting of shells was too much for the warriors, and, as they express it, the first gun was the beginning of their going home. Friendly relations with the insurgents were early destroyed by bands of armed robbers who, posing as Filipino troops, looted a number of Tingian villages. In several localities the tribesmen retaliated by levying tribute on the Christianized villages, and in some instances took a toll of heads to square accounts. At this juncture the Americans appeared in Abra, and the considerate treatment of the pagans by the soldiers soon won for them a friendly reception. Later, as the result of the efforts of Commissioner Worcester, the Tingian villages were made independent of Ilocano control, and the people were given the full right to conduct their own affairs, so long as they did not disturb the peace and welfare of the province. Under American rule the Tingian have proved themselves to be quiet, peaceable citizens, a few minor disturbances have occurred, but none of sufficient importance to necessitate the presence of troops in their district. They have received less attention from the government than most of the pagan tribes, but, even so, a measure of progress is discernible. They still stoutly resist the advances of the missionaries, but the few schools which have been opened for their children have always been crowded to overflowing, trade relations are much freer and more friendly than a decade ago, and with the removal of unequal taxes and labor requirements, the feelings of hostility towards the Christians are rapidly vanishing. It now seems probable that within one or two generations the Tengian will again merge with the Ilocano. Chapter II Physical Type and Relationships From the Time of the Spanish Invasion Up to the Present Nearly every author who has mentioned the people of northern Luzon has described the Tengian as being different from other Philippine tribes. The majority of these writers has pictured them as being of larger stature than their neighbors, as lighter in color, possessing aquiline features and mongoloid eyes as being tranquil and pacific in character, and having a great aptitude for agriculture. From these characteristics they have concluded that they are probably descended from early Chinese traders, emigrants, or castaways, or are derived from the remnants of the pirate band of the Chinese corsair Limihon Linfang, which fled into the mountains of Pangasinan after his defeat by Salcedo in 1574. These conjectures are strengthened by the reported discovery, in early times of graves in northwestern Luzon, which contain bodies of men of large stature accompanied by Chinese and Japanese jewels. The undisputed fact that hundreds of ancient Chinese jars and dishes are still among the cherished possessions of the Tingian is also cited as a further proof of a close relationship between these peoples. Finally it is said that the headbands, jackets, and wide trousers of the men resemble closely those of the fishermen of Fukian, one of the nearest of the Chinese provinces, to writers basing their observations on color, physical resemblances, and the fact that the Tingian blacken their teeth and tattoo their bodies, are convinced that they are the descendants of Japanese castaways, while Moya states that the features, dress, and customs of this people indicate their migration from the region of the Red Sea in pre-Mohammedan times. Finally, Caterfages and Hami are quoted as regarding the Tingian as modern examples of the Indonesian, an branch of the pure white race. Non-Aryan, therefore, 
who went forth from India about 500 BC, Dr. Barrow's classes all the pagan tribes of northern Luzon the Pygmies accepted with the Idro, a position assailed by Worcester, particularly in regard to the Tingian, but the latter writer is convinced that the Apollau and Tingian are divisions of the same people, who have been separated only a comparatively short time. In the introduction to the present volume page 236 I have expressed the opinion that the Tingian and Ilocano are identical and that they form one of the waves of a series which brought the Apollo and Western Kalinga to northern Luzon, a wave which reached the islands at a later period than that represented by the Idro, and which originated in a somewhat different region of southeastern Asia. In order to come to a definite decision concerning these various theories, we shall inquire into the cultural, linguistic, and physical types of the people concerned. The most striking cultural differences between the Idro and the Tengian indicated in the introduction, will be brought out in more detail in the following pages, as will also the evidence of Chinese influence in this region. Here it needs only to be restated, that there are radical differences in social organization, government, house building, and the like, between the Idruai Fugao groups, and the Ilocano Tengian Apoyaukalinga divisions. All the tribes of northwestern Luzon belong to the same linguistic stock which, in turn, is closely related to the other Philippine languages. There are local differences sufficiently great to make it impossible for people to communicate when first brought together, but the vocabularies are sufficiently alike, and the morphology of the dialects is so similar that it is the task of only a short time for a person conversant with one idiom to acquire a speaking and understanding knowledge of any other in this region. It is important to note that these dialects belong to the Philippine group and there seems to be very little evidence of Chinese influence either in structure or vocabulary. The various descriptions of the physical types have been of such a conflicting nature that it seems best at this point to present rather detailed descriptions of the Tengian, Ilocano, and Apoyao, and to compare these with the principal measurements of the other tribes and peoples under discussion. For purposes of comparison, the Tengian have been divided into a valley and mountain group, for, as already indicated, there has been a considerable movement of the mixed Kalinga-Idro people of the upper Salton-Malakba River, of Ginan-Ludwigan and Balatok, into the mountain districts of Abra, and these immigrant, 